everybody. We're back here again, our Calvary Distinctive 2.0. This is Mike Foch. I'm here with Brian Ween. Hello. And we are plugging through uh, the book by Chuck Smith, Calvary Distinctives. We are up to chapter six, which is the priority of the word. And to sum up his idea here on page 59, Chuck says this, Another primary distinctive of Calvary Chapel is our endeavor to declare to people the whole counsel of God. We see this principle illustrated when Paul met with the Ephesian elders in Acts 20. As they were on the shore of the Aegean at Miletus, around the coastal area of Ephesus, Paul said that he was innocent of the blood of all men. For I have not shunned to declare unto you all the counsel of God, Acts 20.27. Now, how is it possible for a person to claim to have declared the whole counsel of God. The only way a person could make that claim to his congregation would be if he taught through the whole word of God with them from Genesis to Revelation. Once you have taken your congregation through the Bible, then you can say to them, I have not shunned to declare unto you the whole whole counsel of God. So in terms of expositionary teaching, which is what we're going to be talking about here mainly, The biblical basis for that, if you want to look this up, would be Nehemiah chapter 8, particularly verse 8, Isaiah 28, 13, which Chuck references in this chapter, Luke 24, verses 27 and 44 through 45, Acts 20, verse 27, which Chuck again quoted from, 1 Timothy 4, 13, and 2 Timothy 4, 1 through 4. So, um... The reality is, this might be the distinctive of Calvary Chapel. The big one. The big one, uh, alongside of our view of the Holy Spirit, you could say, which was also very unique because it relates to, again, uh, pastoral gifting, the direction of the church, how we build the church, all those things that we talked about in some of these earlier chapters. So, really, by way of application, um, I will just say this. Firstly... Expositionary teaching is not unique to Calvary Chapel, but what may be unique is, as far as I know, we're the only movement in church history, I'm not a church historian, but we're the only movement who has made that type of teaching, verse by verse, book by book, through the whole Bible, a distinctive. Like We're all going to do this together. We're all going to do this together. And... This really orients us to a particular conviction and inspira- or view of inspiration in the Word, and I believe it really saves us from a lot of other dangers that we're seeing happening in other denominations, really, around the U.S. and really around the world. Yeah, we, Mike, as we were talking about this before, I thought you made a good point. You just said there's so many, I don't know if we want to go here quite yet, but so many downstream effects there's good reasons on the surface to teach verse by verse, but then as you do it, like we have we have the benefit of not only now seeing, you know, several decades beyond our lives since Chuck began doing this, all the guys around him began doing this, yeah. but we have in our own lives uh, a couple decades now of seeing the fruit of it on the ground level, and you just go, this is practically. It, it comes out in so many ways. Yeah. So the reason this is big, again, is how it filters down everywhere, and we can take that for granted. But let's remember, Chuck 
came out of a denomination that did things differently. He he came out of one of those places that's more textual or topical in those sermons, and scripturally he came to the conviction, and practically as he did it. No, this it. is this is the best way to teach the Word of God, and I'm doing what the Word of God actually calls me to do. And I think we have that conviction, and that filters down to how you discuss other things in a church, how you work through issues, how you view the Word of God and inspiration, how your people read the Bible. It filters down to so many other areas, even how we've discussed something like the grace of God. Yeah, you you were saying, again, before— so Calvary Chapel has not really been rocked by some of these larger things that we've seen rocked, especially in America anyway, different denominations. I had never thought about it before. And who knows what might happen in the future. But maybe it, part of that's because the pastors in Calvary Chapel can't ever really dodge any scriptures. We're, we're, we're always teaching through. We know we're going to be, if I'm not teaching it now, I might be teaching it next year. Sure. And so... I have to all as, as leadership. I have to always reckon with all the verses in the Bible. I can't really just go off and throw certain chapters and verses out because they're not fashionable or they're going to be inconvenient. Because I'm going to be teaching them. So yes. there's a downstream effect. Does this actually help keep us uh, orthodox and biblical? I think I think there's a real point to be made in that direction. Yeah. And I think it also leaves us in a in a place where our presuppositions and coming to the scripture are very clear, where we believe it's the word of God and the whole thing is valuable and necessary, and that God himself is the one who's instructed us on how to come to his word, and we look to him to do that. Yeah, it's clear because pastorally we're showing it. We're not just saying to people, read the Bible, the Bible's important. Every week they come in and go, these guys must think the most important thing is for me to learn the whole Bible. Why? Because that, that's just all that, that's just what they're constantly doing. It shows, we're, we're demonstrating how yeah. important this is. Yeah, so I think, again, by way of application, one of the things that people can take for granted is the simple question of, what is preaching meant to do? Save people, stir people up. People are going to have a lot of answers. Our answer would be to share God's message. And that we believe the Bible, when it says to preach the word, is to preach what God says. It's telling me to preach itself. Itself. I'm just sharing it. So we are going to come to a place where we're sharing God's word versus people who just share from his word. They pull natural ideas in and look for a jumping spot from his word. Or they want to share their own ideas and just want to bring the word of God into it. And you will see those differences clearly if you experience one and the other. And that sets an example of authority. So I think it brings it to, of course, the the one question that people might have is, okay, is, is teaching through the Bible verse by verse, book by book, really the only way to teach the whole counsel of God's word? Right. And, and we were saying... I mean, if you had an hour somewhere and you wanted to try to give them the whole counsel of God, you wouldn't do it by teaching every verse in the Bible. But whether or not it's really the only way, I think what we kept landing on as we read it and talked was the word best, right? It's got to be the best way if you have, you know, given 
a long time with the church, we were saying most guys at Calvary Chapel are not, they're not there for two years. This isn't really, a, one of the distinctions of our movement is not that pastors move around. Typically, you can expect, barring other things, unless the Lord does something different, you're going to have time there as a pastor, as a group of guys. And so you might have 8, 10, 15, you might have 25 years. What are you going to do over that period of time, over the long haul, to, to give your people the whole counsel of God? Well, you're going to teach the whole Bible. Yeah. Because you're not expecting to move on. You're not. We were saying you're not just. What are my hundred best sermons? Because I have fifty weeks per year, two twice. No, if I'm here for five years, if I'm here for ten years, what do these people need? They need the Bible. Yeah. So right, if I'm thinking, okay, the Bible tells me to preach is to share God's message. If I need to share God's message, is the best way to do that? a textual sermon where I just take out one text and try to hit all the angles of that, a topical sermon where I cover a topic all the way through the scripture, or expositional teaching, verse by verse, book by book. And the reality is we would say, oh, the best way to do it is exposition. There are times where you bring those other things sure. in. There, We would definitely say, has, has God called individuals in history to preach other ways? Probably, I'm not going to say God didn't call Spurgeon to teach textually. Right, the master text. Although preacher. I'll say, we'd probably all be happy if we had his expositional teaching on all the books imagine, of the Bible. Imagine It'd still be yeah. around. <laughs> so, but and you know, there's different types of. Not everybody's a pastor per se. D.L. Moody was a master topical preacher, but he was an evangelist. His preaching was different. He wasn't a pastor at a church. So what Paul calls Timothy to do and what Paul is, we would say, exhorting elders to do and what Peter's exhortation in terms of teaching the word and shepherding the flock of God and feeding the flock of God would be, we would say those things relate to sharing God's message. And the best way to do that is verse by verse, book by book. Yeah, we're after exposure based on what the scripture is pushing us to do, we're just after exposure to God's word. How can I expose people to God's word? How can I expose them to the most possible, to all of God's word, to God's word as it self-interprets? Mm -hmm. So they learn the whole word and they start seeing how verses work together just to, to help people dine on and swim in and breathe in the word of God. Yeah. And there's this... this allows God to cover his topics with his emphasis. Because yep. otherwise, if I'm just picking the topics, I'm going to emphasize the things I want. People will always have issues that I might not anticipate. Our, we have a school here. We teach Bible classes. One year we taught through the book of Genesis. And I remember a kid coming up to me later telling me that, or excuse me, the book of Galatians, uh, a kid coming up to me and telling me that his his family was keeping the dietary law. And he went home and shared some of the things from Galatians. You never would have thought to take that as a topic. I would have never thought that, that right. for teens, <laughs> it is important that they... The dietary but law. Who, you know, God knows what people need to hear better than we do. And there's an assumption that I could pick out my series or my, you know, this new book I'm writing that I'm going to teach chapter by chapter in my church and then publish it or that that we know better than God does what his church needs or needs to hear and we think that there's dangers to that type of emphasis and that the safest thing to do is 
to teach his word and allow his word to speak for him. I'm I'm trusting God and the way his word is written if my default is to go on to the next passage and the next book. Yeah. I'm trusting that he knows what needs to be said in my generation. Sure there are times where uh you know I remember one time there was a there was a shooting that happened the afternoon of our 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 Bible study and I decided in like half an hour before everyone's thinking about it it's literally the first thing on everyone's mind this thing that had happened in another part of the country and I taught on Jesus weeping over the destruction of Jerusalem and it was just it just seemed like the right thing yeah. but those those are punctuated few and far between us or pa- pastor Joe's taught on the Holy Spirit for right. eight weeks. Yes. This would be good for the church. That's, you know, I guess you could call that a topical study. Sure. It's incredibly biblical, but there's, t- or eschatology. Let's, let's do five yeah. weeks on the rapture. Okay, great. But, but those are, those are few and far, those are, those are unique events. And we're, we're just exercising faith in God and his word to say, generally, God knows that probably what we need is the next passage. Yeah. Yeah, I think the topical and textual sermons fit even better when you have the basis of the expositional teaching in there. Right. And as you said, in the end, it's easy to go to church and say, you know what, What's what was the matter with that sermon? Nothing. But the second question we have to ask is, but if I live in that church my entire life and raise my family there, what type of Christian do I become? What am I missing if I just keep getting that? We say at a Calvary Chapel, you will get the entire Bible. And you'll get it more than once. Yes. And and people know they're not just coming and going, I'm trusting that guy to know what God wants to say every week yes. and to nail it. They know that me and that guy are trusting God and his word. And so he's going to do the next chapter. They don't have to sit there and go, why did he... They know why we picked yeah. it. Well, that was the next chapter. And I don't know how many times your dad has said, uh, hey, I didn't write it. This yeah. is what it says. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just a way to say, like, we're all under this. Yeah. And we're just going to hear God's word from week to week. And and people know. I think people relax. It'll be chapter four because it was chapter three last week. Yeah. And we're going to hear what God has to say. And I think it's important to throw in here, too. We know we are not the only people in church history who, who have yes. seen this. So. Calvary Chapel, again, maybe as a movement is unique. There are a number of brothers out there nowadays that teach expositionally and who push that. John Piper, Kevin DeYoung, John MacArthur, John MacArthur yeah. Jay Vernon McGee. There's, there's been people through history. Matthew Henry, A. William Still, Christostom. You, we could list out quotes. Even I could list you Spurgeon, what he said about expositional teaching, like... There's plenty of people who have seen the value of expositional teaching. So we are not creating something new here. There are godly individuals who have looked at the word and realized what people need is the Bible. Harold St. John, F.B. Meyer, these guys realize the Bible is what they need and they need it the way that God has put it down. And we see that in the word and we believe it is essential and something to build off of. So you should you should know coming into a Calvary Chapel, the guy who's teaching the word has that conviction. And really, if you don't have that conviction, you're probably not a Calvary Chapel. Yeah, it's not that we're saying this is some, you know, one of the great essentials of the Nicene faith and you're not a Christian and you can't be our friend if you don't teach verse by verse. We're just saying 
This is the kind of thing that is easy to lose in any given generation. You could have a situation where there's no churches teaching, like, or yeah. they're, or they're, or they're few and far between. So, what Calvary Chapel has been is a group of guys, ultimately, sort of all all around the ministry of one guy who's now no longer with us. So maybe it'll, hopefully it'll continue to be a group of guys who say, this is so blessed of God. So what we believe God wants us to do and so essential. We don't want to lose this. We're all going to do this together all over the country and scattered around the world. We're going to teach the Bible chapter by chapter, verse by verse. And so if someone says, well, I don't want to do that. I think, it's no, it's no slight on them. We're just saying, okay, but that is what we're doing. Yeah. And because if we don't hold on to it, it will get lost. Mike, how many times do people go out from our church and we're like, hey, let me know what you find. Yeah, and they're going to yeah. go to a smaller church or whatever. Praise the Lord. Good brothers and sisters. It's almost depressing how often they come back and say, well, I couldn't find there. No one's teaching the Bible. Yeah. It's just over and over again. Like, I would rather they go out and find great churches. Yes. <laughs> it's like, that would make, but, so that's, again, I'm not putting any of the churches down. I'm just saying that says to me, what are these churches? They're not teaching the word. Yeah. And you, and they lose track over time and they get so worried about losing people. And so you start trying to like do the, okay, well, what's the thing I need to say? Yeah. Or, no, no, no. You say, I don't, try teaching the book of Ephesians. Yeah. <laughs> See what God might do. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it, again, it filters down even, even just the simple question of how do we harvest spiritual fruit, we again go back to, well, we teach the word of God in the spirit of God, and the spirit of God produces the fruit inherently because the word of God has life. Or I rely on natural skills and gimmicks. Like that's It's part of why Calvary chapels don't have all these gimmicks. We, we don't have smoke. We don't have all these light machines. We we don't have guys up there using a bunch of props because we don't believe those things actually produce spiritual fruit. We believe it's the word of God taught in the spirit of God, the word in power received as it is in truth, like Paul says, the word of God that makes the difference in people's lives. And that's why we need to teach it. And maybe someone comes the first time and they get offended at something that the pastor says. But if they keep coming back, eventually they're going to go, they're going to start to realize it's not him. This is actually what I, my argument is with the Bible. My argument is with God. And think of what you've done then. You've literally put someone in the place where they realize they're hearing from God week by week and they have to grapple with that. And that's going to lead to we're just we're just desperately humbly trusting if i tell you what the bible says god's word is so powerful he's going to do his work and i do think that people begin to see that and that it puts them in a very different place to be sitting as we like to say here under the word of god yeah. than just under the word of the pastor right so again we it's not just an experiential reality we believe the bible teaches us yes. that this is the best way to teach it again Unique scenarios, sure, but if I'm a pastor at a church and I'm going to be there for however God, however much time God gives me, this is, we are convinced that we should teach through the Bible, verse by verse, book by book, give them the whole word of God, his emphasis, his word, his spirit, and that'll do the work. And uh, Chuck, that's why he gives a couple great illustrations in this chapter that I think are so helpful, particularly for a new guy going out and planning somewhere where he talks, one, about 
you need patience with the seed in the soil for them to grow. And he gives a great illustration between stars and fireworks too, yeah. which I think any, particularly any preacher who That's has you heard never that, forget. Yeah, you never forget that. So where where he basically is saying there are these guys who go out there and they come onto the scene, fireworks, bright light, stu- bright light, stuff stuff's happening, and you can just feel like <laughs> I think I remember Chuck saying, and everyone goes, "Ooh, yeah, ah. yeah, yes, yeah." In the Chuck voice, <laughs> I remember, him and, him and everybody's like, you can feel like, man, what in the world am I doing? Just oh, okay, open the Leviticus chapter seven, you know. And you you can think, man, this this is I need to do something more like that. When really the fireworks disappear in short order, and the stars remain and are still shining. Maybe not quite as bright or flashy, but they're doing the, the thing that God fade, asked them to do. The stars still there. In every day and age, this has been a temptation. I'm sure I haven't lived in every day and age, but I can only imagine in our day and age. Maybe you're a guy just trying to faithfully teach the word. Maybe it's in your little church or your out-of-the-way place. You go on Instagram, and there's every two-minute clip of the dude on the stage walking around saying the incredible, fiery, impactful thing, and his words are coming up in type of below his face, and there's the crowd. And I think it, there's the, whatever. Maybe that brother's faithful, but there's the firework. And it's it can be easy to say, like, oh, I don't feel like my sermons have any impact like that. But I'm not. But I'm. But what we're saying is. Let's be a group of people as we've been for decades moving forward where we're not trusting our sermons. We're not trusting the power of our sermons or our, our work as communicators or our gifting. We're trusting God's word. And so probably most of us won't Instagram quite as well as maybe some other people. Yeah. But it, it shouldn't the people in our churches and the people in our generation hear the word of God faithfully from week to week? And if God is great, you know, so pleased to use us to just humbly and plainly deliver that to them, that's yeah. what we're after. Yeah, and and to be able to say at the end that we also have not shunned to declare to them the whole counsel of God. So, uh, you know, again, if you have questions about this, you can always shoot us an email, mfosh at ccphilly.org, beweed at ccphilly.org. We can talk about some of these things some more. Um, but, uh, you know, the priority of the word in its emphasis and in our action is always going to be, I think, something that is very distinctive about Calvary Chapel, if not maybe the distinctive that we have, because the reality is these other things can fade. Contemporary music, Christian music, Chuck kind of helped bring that on the scene. That's going to fade and change at some point. Uh, you know, the way our sanctuaries might look like, all these other things can fade and change. If the priority of the word and the teaching of the Bible changes, Calvary Chapel is fundamentally different. You think if you want to be known for something, if if someone would say, well, those guys, they believe the Bible. And if they say, well, how, how do you know that? Well, they teach it. Yeah. That's like all they talk about. I mean, if you have to be known for something, like I'll take that. Yeah. Yep. And I'll, you know, again, I, I will just give personal testimony. I'm so thankful that I was given the whole Bible, not just parts of it, because to me, I've been given that a whole God, and I have gotten to know him uh, all the way through in unique ways, you know, from strange passages all the way through the scripture, uh, 
and I am thankful to have been given the whole word of God. Yep, milk, meat, wheat, water, everything in between. (laughs) Amen. All right. Go read the word. See you guys.